Hi there, Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast for your ears. Going to be talking about something I started thinking about this weekend, and I'm going to come up with a quirky title, but basically, old school directors didn't have the same things to worry about as new school directors have to do as far as movies go. Yeah, obviously, I don't have my marketing brain on this afternoon. I had a really cool title for this, but I started thinking about a few things. I'm a big movie buff, as you know, and let me first apologize. I'm breaking the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing for right now. I had a bunch built up, and so it was easy to do that, but I'm kind of busy these days, so it's not as easy to to hit deadlines with my podcast, which are kind of a hobby compared to my profession. So anyway, I will try and get back on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday thing, or maybe get a new schedule out, but... Here we go with a a new podcast discussion. So Martin Scorsese and a few other old school, old style directors, as I would call them by today's standards, um, have come out recently and said things about Marvel movies and that kind of thing. And it's great fodder for online communications between people, for people to defend their favorite directors or their movies or whatever. And the back and forth has been very healthy, I think, actually. Um. I think it's pretty short-sighted on Scorsese's end to say something like that when he doesn't fully appreciate what he's talking about, but I wouldn't hold that against him. He's really old, and his view of movies is so ingrained in his head, he's not going to change it for anybody or anything anytime ever. Um, And I don't think that's a, a knock against the guy. He's one of the greatest living directors we could ever hope to have. He's directed some great movies for a different time. He's proven that some of his modern movies, while well made, don't catch the zeitgeist like they used to. Don't really fit their kind of movies out of time. Uh, people will talk about the the three out three and a half hour Irishman movie. I'll talk more about the kid movie he made about movies. That movie should have been fantastic, and it was quite the slog. But anyway, um, when you made a movie back in the day. It got a big, you know, if you made it for a studio, it got a big premiere, it got a big screening. We didn't have TV. (laughs) Then when we got TV, the movie would come on a year later, two years later. They'd make deals. Even, I remember growing up in the 70s, it would be six months to a year before a movie you saw in the theater would make it onto TV. And we didn't have cable. We didn't have streaming services. So directors were basically making the best movie they could make and birthing that thing onto the world, right? Never to probably watch it again, maybe if they have to watch it at a festival or whatever, but they work hard on this one thing and it gets out there and that's it. They move on to their next piece of work. And those movies, some of those classic movies hold up today as well-made, interesting pieces of art and they're wonderful. But the vast majority of people today won't watch an older film because they're, by their today's standards, slow. And whether it be pacing or a weird acting style or whatever, they're just kind of out of time. They're becoming nostalgic, kind of like classical music from the 17, 1800s is nostalgic to music fans these days. We're eventually going to get to that point where old movies are old movies, like oldies music, right? That happened a lot with black and white to color, but I think we're talking about something on a more fundamental level here. And let me tell you how I got to this conversation. Last summer, I was looking forward to seeing The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Not a high piece of art, but I really like Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson together. The idea that they were going to add even more Selma Hayek and do more with the storyline and add a few other big actors. I was like, I'm all in. This is great. 
And I watched the movie and rented the movie and decided not to buy the movie at first because it was just, you know, it was okay. It was fine. So I watched the movie and I did my podcast review and I said, if you, if you like the first one, watch this. But, you know, you'll get varied mileage out of it. So here we are almost a year later and I picked up cheap the 4K. It got really good reviews. It's native 4K. There's a lot of the movie I didn't remember. Maybe I was falling asleep two-thirds of the way through the movie. But I watched it the other night and rolled on the floor. I had such a blast with this movie. Still not the greatest movie ever made, but on par with the first one, absolutely. So I started thinking, as I was coming up with ideas for podcasts, why? I, I question those kind of things when I watch a movie. Why? Would this movie hit me better the second time? I'm curious about that because that happens. I expect it with a movie that I haven't watched in decades. I go back and watch something like Val Kilmer's Top Secret. I was really excited for that to come out on Blu-ray recently. And I went back and rewatched the movie on a streaming service because I was like, this, this was, you know, it was the tear down from the airplane movies, but it was the same team that made those airplane movies. And, you know, oof. It was funny in places, but overall, it was pretty flat film. It was very much of its time, but it didn't hold a candle. And now we've got a, a new version of Real Genius coming. That's a movie that holds up. It's much more creative. It's, it, it has a more, um, more of a plot line that would stand the test of time. That coming-of-age story is always classic. But anyway. So as I thought about older movies and, 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 and why would I get more out of this movie the second time around, I think that director and a few others get modern movie making, which is not just to make a great movie that's going to break a box office record or hopefully win some awards or both or whatever. Repeat viewing. Every movie these days makes it onto one or more streaming services. And more people are consuming streaming services than are consuming movies or buying Blu-rays and 4Ks. So think about now, when you direct a movie, it's just not one shot and it comes on TV a year later. A lot of movies these days are going to be out there for years, for decades, playing over and over and over on Netflix, over and over and over on Tubi, or over and over and over on Hulu, whatever. Um, as these services jockey for positions and they buy out the catalogs of Sony or, or Disney or whoever, and they move them around, they're going to keep bringing these same movies back. And you're seeing a lot more of the newer movies than you are of the older movies because... Well, in the older days, it was basically one company put them out. These days, so many deals with these big budget movies are two and three movie studios, four movie studios on a couple of them. But if you've got Sony, Paramount, and Disney all working together on a movie, they're all going to have to get their piece of the pie after it's over. So it'll stream in perpetuity. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a new breed of directors who have learned from, I think, the first people to probably see this were Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. They were really the first blockbusters that people watched over and over and over and over and over and carry that on to the Batman movies, the Tim Burton Batman movies and things like that. Those early movies, um, the Crocodile Dundee movies, these were the first movies that were purchasable by the average human in a video store. The first VHSs were over 100 bucks because they were rental only, and eventually you could buy them for like 20, 20 25 bucks. And I remember when Batman went on sale on VHS, it, we couldn't keep it in stock. Everybody bought that thing. 
Everybody had a copy of that on VHS. VHS had the first digital soundtracks too, even before. This was before DVD, but anyway. So I think from that time forward, the smart directors are thinking, you know what? I need to build a movie that has a winning weekend, that has a winning opening that people like right out of the gate. But I can make even more money and a better career if, if that, that movie has legs somehow. And I think that's one of the things Marvel's counting on. It's one of the things people aren't talking about in the Marvel Universe. These movies will play over and over and over again because if you didn't see one when it first came out and you've seen a few others and it comes on a streaming service, well, I haven't seen this one. And when you get little surprises in the movie that a character pops up you didn't expect or a scene they revisit or something like that, it pulls you in even tighter into that mythology, into that world. And so I think Marvel's got it. I think some of these directors, um, Sean Levy, I've watched some of his movies recently and his episodes of Stranger Things, they almost play better the second time. And very much so with The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. The Hitman's Bodyguard I enjoyed very much, and I enjoy more the more times I see it. It's more the camaraderie and the chemistry between the two leads than it is the writing and the directing and all that. But they're surprisingly well-made action movies. Watching it this time, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel, it's a really well-made movie. The camera shots are all great. The, it's native 4K. It's HDR friendly. The explosions, the everything comes off that hitch. The, there's some incredible choreography on, on cars and, and planes. and They put a lot more into this movie than most people when they watch a movie on a streaming service. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't like it. And then that's the most, think about the effort that these actors go through. I mean, Tom Cruise learns how to fly helicopters and hangs off the side of mountains for this public. Like him or not, he goes the extra mile like Jackie Chan used to. And now you're some of these. I mean, Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Selma Hayek, they had to do a lot of their own stunts because the camera's in their face on a lot of those scenes. Um, they, you know. So anyway, but I, I think overall the movie played better the second time because I got some things. There were some things buried in there that the first time they went by so fast. I didn't laugh at them maybe the first time. It, it just it was like, oh, that was the line I expected to be there. But then you watch the second time, you, oh, oh, I, yeah. I find that more and more in modern movies. People are complaining about modern movies. I, I think there's some fantastic movies today that rival anything put out by the great directors in the past. There's some wonderful movies that come out every year that evolve cinema a little further, that, that take us as an audience a little further into another world. Sure, there's a lot of cash grab stuff and a lot of stuff to make, just to make money, but I think some of the best stuff out there does both. It, it has artistic value, yet it hits the cultural zeitgeist and people want to see it repeatedly. The best modern directors are figuring out how to make their movies better the second and third time. And it's not always, you don't, with some of these movies, you don't have an MCU mythology to, you know, to drop, to sprinkle in a few little things that are going to pop up to people, different people of different backgrounds with this material. I've told a story several times of a, of a very person close to me who never watched a Marvel movie and is now the biggest fan after watching them in order in a row and had somebody there to explain it to him. And now we'll rewatch things on their own and catch things they didn't catch first time around. How crazy is that? Um, yeah, I, I think it's not a lot of people are talking about that. Mickey wants to be on the radio. You don't have to lick the microphone. My, my little seven pound dog had to crawl up in my lap while I'm doing this podcast. So 
Yes, that's cute. Wish I had a picture. Anyway, <laughs> it's one of the things I like about modern movies. Replay value. A lot of old movies. When I was buying a lot of home videos and really getting... Okay, Mickey's getting in the way of the microphone and the windscreen here. Okay, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> in my interview with Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree, he talked about this very problem. So, little dogs just want to get in your lap no matter what you have going on. It's just the way they are. And Mickey's that way now. Wasn't always that way, but he is now. So anyway, I think I think it's 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 the thing that the public isn't really. I, I don't think it would behoove movie studios to go, hey, go see this a second time because you'll like it better. I mean, obviously they want you to go see it a second, third time, and they want it to be that big. And so people have gone to see the new Spider-Man or the new Doctor Strange because there are so many crazy reveals that happen in those movies. You have to go back to see it again to fully take it all in, or buy it at home video later, or stream it. But planning for that. That's just something I didn't anticipate with some of these movie makers. But I'm, now that I've noticed it, I'm noticing it a lot. That a lot of modern movies are creating their own mythologies. I mean, look at John Wick. That should have been just a standard action movie. But they dip their toes in some mythology that they've only expanded for two more movies. And they're going to make at least two more in a TV series. It's not so much wanting a franchise for the cash cow. Although I'm sure that's what drives the engine. Of course, money always does. In our age of con massive consumerism, yes, we want you to consume. But they can't produce like they used to and just make something that, well, with the sequels of like the 80s, they would trick us to seeing these movies. We would get a trailer that would promise us the moon, and you would go see the movie and be totally disappointed. But they had a number one box office weekend because of the trailers and the marketing. We have come to a time now where they can't really do that. You know, they can fool you, but... Is it going to have legs? Is it, is it going to not just repeat weekly in the box office, but is it going to last on Netflix? Because the rights are sold pretty much before the movie hits the screens or based on the first, or first week or two's box office. Now we're getting into that era of repeat viewings on things. How many people do I talk to today? Oh, yeah, I watched it. I brought this up in conversation in the office. I watched Hitman's Wife Bodyguard. It's a movie I hadn't even thought about in eight, nine months. It's the last time I watched it. Oh, yeah, that came on the other night. I streamed it. Yeah, I've seen it before. It was just okay the first time, but I liked it better, too, the second time. So for me, I'm not much into revisiting stuff. I have my favorites. And I do have a collection for things I like to revisit, but I'm not buying as much. It pretty much has to be a classic. I really want to own the best possible version for me to buy something these days. But repeat viewing. I'm glad I picked up a copy of this because I'm already looking forward to my next viewing of it. Again, not a great movie and not one I'd go tell just anybody on the street, go watch that movie. But if you like the first one, watch it and then watch it again. <laughs> I got more out of it the second time. I really liked it a lot more. I wasn't going to do a whole podcast on re-reviewing the movie because it's less than a year since I reviewed the movie when it first came out. But I will say, watching it again, I, I, I rescind a little bit of what I said in that review. It's a movie that works on repeat viewings. It's a movie, if you're a fan of this whole crazy situation they've, they've created with these characters, then I think you have a blast with it. And how many movies are there like that these days? More and more. I think that's a good thing. So what do you think? I'd love to hear some comments on are movies made for repeat viewing and will they sacrifice that first view to get those repeat views? That was a movie that some critics felt cool on, but it's still on the charts. It's still selling. 
and they, they're still putting on sale. Uh, a lot of movies come out, and if they don't sell well, they disappear. So that this movie is a year later is on sale is pretty cool. Anyway, would love to hear your thoughts. Send me an email or could I put a comment below. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Patreon, if you feel really crazy, have a spectacular day. Thank you.